How would you like a 15% discount to my daily email, the stack of stuff, the show notes, discounts to the conference, all of that? All you need to do is text the word SHOW to 33777. You'll get the annual subscription with a 15% discount to my daily email. You'll get the stack of stuff, the links to the show notes, discounts to the conference, and so much more. All you have to do is text the word SHOW, S-H-O-W, to 33777. Text SHOW to 33777. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 3. Hello, America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the United States of America. The phone number, should you wish to be on the program, 877-973-7425. would be delighted to have you with me. Now, stand by. I'm going to be a uh, technology whiz here so that I can get what I wanted to get earlier because I couldn't find the clip. I got a specific piece of technology that I am able to use, and yep, here we go. Um, I should be able to pull this off, I hope. Um, the reason that I want to to talk to you, bring this up, is we've got this this rather horrifying situation with the UN um, human rights uh, refugee team in the Middle East. And uh, let me see if I can, I, I'm kind of doing this on the fly, just so you understand. And I, I'm, I'm trying hopefully to be able to capture the gist of what happened because it, it's phenomenal uh, what did happen, what occurred. No, I'm probably not going to be able to get it, and I don't want to play you the other bad audio of it, so let me just tell you what happened. The uh, UNRWA is the UN relief agency that works specifically in uh, Gaza and the West Bank. Now, just so you understand uh, the situation, the... um, Gaza and the West Bank have their own relief agency. They have their own uh, refugee organization at the United Nations. So the United Nations has a refugee organization, but that organization is not the one that works in uh, Gaza. The one that works in Gaza is called the UNRWA, and it it just it, okay. I, I'm yeah. I I, I can't I can't pull. I I very much I badly want to pull this up for you, um, and I've been struggling during every commercial break I, to to try to get it, and it's it's deeply frustrating to me that uh, and I wasn't going to ask Charlie to do it because I, I had to go through a special program that I get access to that just it's it's not worth me trying to drag all of you through to do this. Um, and what frustrates me about it is that this guy, Thomas White, was asked on CNN about the specific allegations of the uh, UN refugee camp. A, an Israeli hostage was actually held 
at the refugee camp and by a UN official. And the guy just flat out refuses to even engage the conversation. Uh, let me see now. And again, it's that important. It's a complicated piece of technology. I'm literally trying to talk to you and do it at the same time. And I think I might have. That means it. that the majority of people there are relying strictly on humanitarian aid for food, for supplies. What is UNRWA doing at this point to make sure as many of those civilians get whatever aid they can right now? We are trying to support people who have been displaced. Uh, the reality is that we can provide shelter has been totally overwhelmed. Uh, in shelters that were supposed to design to support about 1,500 people, uh, they now have an average of over 6,000 people in. We cannot provide adequate sanitation. Uh, the supply of food means that people are getting a very meager ration, one or two rounds of bread a day. Okay, so that's where it starts. He's talking about this situation. In, to uh, Gaza. And on Saturday, the IDF said that it found dozens of rockets hidden under boxes marked with UNRWA's insignia in northern Gaza. Uh, another issue I'd like to raise with you is an Israeli reporter over the weekend from Channel 13 cited one of the abductees who had returned back to Israel and said that he was held by an UNRWA teacher, a father of 10, locked the victim away, barely provided food and neglected medical needs. Uh, UNRWA responded to this post and said, quote, making serious allegations in the public domain unsupported by any evidence or verifiable facts in support thereof may amount to misinformation. That reporter then responded and said, that's not an allegation, that's survivor's testimony. How is UNRWA investigating or responding to these two quite damning allegations? So what I can speak to is our aid. Essentially, the aid that UNRWA is bringing in goes directly into the hands of the refugee. So on any given day here, we are distributing over 50,000 bags of flour to families so that they can provide for themselves. But uh, we account for that. that. Does it bother you then at all that, that some of these trucks may be bringing secretly smuggling in? Uh, rockets or that, that UNRWA teachers are, are hiding abductees, allegedly? Look, uh, our trucks are not bringing in rockets. Our trucks are bringing in wheat flour. They're bringing in uh, supplies that help families um, eke out a very basic existence. We have a very clear system of accountability. Every bag of flour that is provided is cross-referenced against people's that's it. That's the clip I wanted to find. And thank you for humoring me on that. It's this, I've got access to this package where I can pull up pretty much any broadcast in the world, um, but I've got to be able to find the exact timestamp of when something was uttered. And it was, it, I had to go through several different feeds to try to find a timestamp from the video circulated on Twitter to be able to pull this one up because it was important for you to hear this. This is Thomas White, who is the head of UNRWA, overseeing the Gaza aid. And there are credible allegations with photographs of the U.N. trucks bringing weapons into Gaza. There is a survivor of Hamas, a survivor of Hamas, who says he was held in the home of an UNRWA teacher, of a U.N. refugee aid teacher's home, 
and was put locked in a closet for Hamas. And UNRWA disputes this and says it could be misinformation from a reporter. And the reporter's response was, this is the actual testimony of a survivor. This is the actual testimony of a survivor. Again, just just engage with this audio. In to uh, Gaza, and on Saturday, the IDF said that it found dozens of rockets hidden under boxes marked with UNRWA's insignia in northern Gaza. Uh the IDF, Israeli Defense Forces, found rockets hidden under UNRWA flour. In fact, they've released video in the tunnels of Hamas. They have UNRWA supplies in the tunnels where Hamas is, not, not for the people of Gaza. And then this. Another issue I'd like to raise with you is an Israeli reporter over the weekend from Channel 13 cited one of the abductees who had returned back to Israel and said that he was held by an UNRWA teacher, a father of 10, locked the victim away, barely provided food and neglected medical needs. Uh, UNRWA responded to this post and said, quote, making serious allegations in the public domain unsupported by any evidence or verifiable facts in support thereof may amount to misinformation. That reporter then responded and said, that's not an allegation, that's survivor's testimony. How is UNRWA investigating or responding to these two quite damning allegations? So what I can speak to is our aid. Essentially, the aid that UNRWA is bringing in goes directly into the hands of the refugees. Okay. How is UNRWA responding to an allegation of a hostage survivor saying the hostage was held in an UNRWA teacher's home? And the UN official's response is, well, let me tell you about our flower. Our flower gets into the hands of the refugees. Uh, I've seen the videos of the IDF officials in the tunnels of Hamas where the bags of flour are. The IDF has released pictures of missiles and rockets hidden under UNRWA supplies. Does this guy even know what's going on? He's supposedly in, in charge of this stuff. Uh, he's the director of UNRWA Affairs Gaza. Does he even know? Is he on the side of Hamas? How do we know? I mean, this is absurd. This is absurd. The actual released hostage has told of his captivity. He was held in an UNRWA teacher's home, and this guy's denying it. Do we believe the hostages, or do we believe the official engaging in damage control? What is the purpose of the United Nations at this point other than to serve as an arms running front for Hamas and the rapers of children around the world? And I'm not making that up. Google United Nations Relief Africa and read for yourself. What is the point of the United Nations at this point? An Israeli who was held by Hamas says he was held in the home of a teacher who works for the United Nations Relief Program in Gaza. The United Nations isn't really denying it. They just want to talk about the shipment of flour to Gaza. UN peacekeepers in Africa were notorious pedophiles and rapers of children in the past. And the UN at this point seems to be an arms smuggling operation for Hamas run by an anti-Semite secretary general who has repeatedly blasted Israel and the Jews 
over their defense of their territory against Hamas. What is the point of being a part of the United Nations? We get some sort of Security Council veto, that's it. What is the point of the United Nations? If anything, we could take back the property and and hand it over to the private sector, and New York could generate tax funds to cover the cost of the refugees coming across the border and the illegal aliens coming across the southern border that the United Nations isn't dealing with because they're busy smuggling arms to Gaza and the terrorists. What's the point of the United Nations at this point? On CNN, Thomas White, the director of UNRWA, the UN Relief Program for Gaza, is confronted with the testimony of an Israeli hostage who says he was held in the home of an UNRWA employee, United Nations employee, a teacher. And his response is, let me tell you about our flour delivery to the people of Gaza. The United Nations repeatedly sides with the enemy, and in this case, they've got Stockholm Syndrome. They've been in Gaza for so long helping the Palestinian refugees. Y'all, I'm sorry. I realize we're supposed to thread a needle here and say that uh, it's Hamas is the bad guy, not the Palestinians. But when 75% of the Palestinians support Hamas, uh, how can we say that Israel can peacefully coexist with a group of people who can look at the videos of decapitated babies and children placed in ovens and women raped before being forced to eat bullets in the back of their head and say that these are in any way peace-loving people? They're the ones who elected Hamas. I'm sorry, but I, I just I, I'm kind of given up on this idea that we got to dance around the fact that the Palestinians support a terror organization, that 75 percent of Palestinians support a terror organization. Why do we want to peacefully coexist with a group of people who would elect a terrorist organization and then support its aims of the destruction of Israel? It doesn't seem like the Palestinians are the peaceful people we're told they are, and it seems like the United Nations has been captured by the terrorists and is just an an arms operation for Hamas. What is the point of the United Nations? And at this point, I wonder what is the point of trying to play kissy face with a bunch of Palestinian people who support the terrorists? I think we probably just need to stand clearly with Israel and get out of the United Nations. Guys, if you're a small, mid-sized business, you're struggling with HR issues, you have employees not showing up, or you got to do a termination, you need onboarding of employees, maybe there's a sexual harassment complaint. You want an HR manager. You don't want to be the bad guy with your employees. Bambi can play the role of HR for you. $99 a month, available by phone, email, real-time chat, They do onboardings, terminations, they help your team members get to peak performance, and your business stays compliant with changing HR regulations regardless of which state. They're great. Now, they're U.S.-based. you got somebody to talk to who's dedicated to your team. They give you access to HR expertise, and they add personal touches. So even though they're outsourced by your company, they really feel like they're a part of your team. That matters. Go to Bambi.com right now. Type in Eric Erickson under podcast. When you sign up, it'll help my show. Bambi.com, B-A-M-B-E-E.com, Bambi.com, Eric Erickson in the podcast tab. Hey, Mel, Brian here. Got to work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty. Hey, Mikey, if you're going to puke, find the popcorn bowl. But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm going to get you that budget just as soon as... Right. Mikey, popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart, Brian.
Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, very happy to have you. I want to take Steve's phone call right now. Steve, welcome to the show. Hey, Eric. How you doing? Good. How are you? Doing pretty good. Hey, uh, I was listening to you describe, I might have missed some of the stuff you were talking about, the uh, UN, RWA, and all that. And I was just reading an article last week from the Washington Examiner that says basically because the UN doesn't call Hamas a terrorist group, that then they can hire Hamas on their, into their organization. And that's basically what's happened. You may have said that in a roundabout way, but um, it, it, I just look, wanted to make people. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. It, it doesn't surprise me at all. I hadn't heard that, but I am I am not surprised at all. Um you know, you go back to some of the things that the United Nations peacekeepers did in, in uh, African countries, particularly Rwanda and elsewhere in, in the 90s and in the 2000s. I mean, the United Nations itself should be charged with war crimes. It's really awful and just a bunch of deeply useless people who are, I hey, mean, the whole other thing. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, also, uh, I saw um, a uh, New York Post uh, clip on YouTube, and it was showing fifth graders, Palestinian fifth graders, carrying you know fake machine guns at their graduation, practicing how they're going to be terrorists. Yeah, I yeah, don't okay. Know if that, if that's true. Or- yeah, no, Steve, it is. And in fact, uh, look, thanks for the phone call. I got to let you go there, but the um, they had um, Palestinian fifteen-year-olds killed by the Israelis. The Palestinians played it up. It got international media exposure, outrage that Israel was killing the 15-year-olds. What they left out is that the 15-year-olds were shooting machine guns at Israeli soldiers. True. They were shooting machine guns at Israeli soldiers. Not well. They're 15, but they were shooting. They were firing at Israeli soldiers. And, of course, the media ignores all of that time and time again. The media ignores stuff like this. Um, They're so sympathetic to the terrorists. It's, it really is just unbelievable to me. It's, it's just deeply frustrating um, in any event. I, look, I got to move on to other stuff because my blood pressure is going to get out of control talking about this. 877-973-7425 if you want to be on the program. Uh, we've got much more to talk about, and I'm happy to take your phone calls as well. We do need to move into some of the domestic politics of the day because guess what? We've got another debate, another one. I'm interested to see how this one plays out. It's going to be in Tuscaloosa. At the University of Alabama, um, not will not be protested by the University of Georgia. I, I'm still the whole the the whole college football thing. I, I'm I feel really I feel worse for FSU than I do for anybody else. Um, they got robbed. We got to move on though. Before I do, so I got a listener actually emailed me and said they were listening to me in the car on their way to Vision Computers. That uh, they discovered that Vision doesn't just fix Vision's products, they'll fix other products too, even if you didn't buy them. It's true. It's one of the great things about working with Vision Computers. Uh, if you bought a computer from somewhere other than Vision and you want Vision's help with it, they will help you. And in fact, if your office has computers from another company, Vision will still serve as your IT department if you want them to for a small annual fee. They're such good people. They do such good work. 
You can build a computer with Vision, laptop or desktop, and then they'll service it for you, and they'll service your computer even if you didn't get it from them. Visioncomputers.com is the website, visioncomputers.com, or call them, 404-COMPUTE. Call them at 404-COMPUTE. Tell them I sent you. They'll save you even more money. Vision Computers wants to be your IT department, and they want to build your computers for you. 404-COMPUTE. Any one of you nationwide can do business with Vision Computers at 404-COMPUTE. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. Uh, I want to spend a moment on something rather hyper local and personal to me. Uh, many of you around the country listening right now probably have listened to Clark Howard in the past on the radio, the consumer affairs expert who saved you money. He retired from his radio show a couple of years ago, still does a podcast. Clark in the metro, well, in, in all of Georgia, does something every year called Clark's Christmas Kids. And I've been a part of it uh, ever since I started uh, my flagship station, WSB. And Clark will go to local Walmarts and he will encourage people to buy Christmas presents for every kid in foster care in the state of Georgia. Thankfully, this year there are fewer kids in foster care than last year, but there's still a lot. And Clark can't be with us um, right now because he's undergoing tomorrow a somewhat experimental heart surgery to replace uh, a, a valve. Uh, he's had a faulty heart valve for all of his life, and he's getting it replaced with a, a cow's valve and some mechanics. It's uh, un not approved by the FDA. Uh, it's an experimental surgery. He's kind of a guinea pig to help him get it approved. And as a result, it's kind of limited. It's not open heart surgery. Uh, he'll be back on his feet in about a month due to, I think it's laparoscopic in some way. I don't quite understand it. It's it's a miracle of modern technology. But that means that Clark's voice isn't going to be out there. And I haven't been asked by anyone. I just want to do this because it's such a great program. Let me explain this to you. And it's not in every state. Uh, it's only in Georgia. And, and I realize I got a lot of people not in Georgia listening. But Clark Howard has worked for years, first with St. Vincent de Paul and with other groups as well. The Society of St. Vincent de Paul is with him this year with the Georgia uh, Department of Family and Child Services. And they literally go to every county in the state of Georgia, all 159 of them. Well, there are some that do their own programs, so they don't have to worry about it, but it's close to 159 counties. And every single foster kid in the state fills out a form. And if they're too little, their foster family fills it out for them. And they pick three toys, a, a expensive toy, a, a, a medium price toy, and a cheap toy. And every single child in foster care does this. And then they put them out at local Walmarts around uh, the metro Atlanta area and elsewhere and online. And you can go shop for a kid and you can shop for a boy, you can shop for a girl, you can shop for an age, you can shop uh, in a particular county. Uh, and, and you can see the kids that need help. So I'm just going to do this. Uh, Clark'sChristmasKids.com is the website. So I'm going to pick, um, let me pick a county. I'm going to pick Columbia County, Georgia. Uh, I'm going to search all ages, all genders, and it shows up uh, of the 
sort of child who needs one. So here's Olivia, age two. She wants a um, a learning toy, an educational toy, and Legos. Uh, there's Nicholas. He's age six. He wants a hand, handheld game player. He wants action figures, and he wants a scooter with a helmet. Uh, Willow is age 12, a girl. She wants sporting goods. She wants a, a Bluetooth speaker. She wants a, a Kindle or an Amazon Fire tablet. Tommy, age two, wants musical toys, ride-on toys, and Legos. James, age 14, wants musical instruments, wants drums in particular and handheld gaming devices. You can do this by county. You can do this by age. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Here's the problem. Uh, without Clark, he's undergoing surgery. His wife and daughters are actually going to be at Walmart's around uh, promoting this. Uh, my flagship station, WSB, helps promote it. But there are 16,629 kids left in the state who do not have a Christmas present this year. Now, I want you to think about that yourself. Can you imagine waking up on Christmas Day and not being able to have a present open? The brilliant thing about this is working with foster care and defects in the state of Georgia, literally every foster care child in the state, if Clark is successful, will have something, preferably more than one thing, to open on Christmas morning. It's a wonderful program. And so I'm, I'm going to devote my time here and now and encourage each of you, and I don't care where you are in the nation, you're doing good for a kid in foster care. If you will text the word donate to 33777, I'm going to send you back a link to clarkschristmaskids.com. And if you just want to make a cash donation, you can. You can click the donate button or you can click the shop now button and you can pick a county, you can pick an age, you can pick a, a gender, you can you, you just give money or you could just randomly find a kid. If you click the shop now button, on the page, they're going to highlight. So, so Samel is 15 years old in Habersham County, Georgia. Wants uh, like self care products, uh, or like hair care, things like that. Wants a tablet. Wants a handheld game. Natalia, in Jeff Davis County, is 16. Wants a Manny Petty kit. Wants a, a, a DVD player. Wants a scooter with a helmet. Naria, age three, in Coffee County, Georgia. Wants um, learning toys. Wants Legos. Christopher, age 10, wants action figures and Hot Wheels and Legos. Your choice, you pick. I'm going to pick a kid myself, and I'm going to donate to help this kid. Uh, in fact, I may do Christopher here um, and and get him the, the Matchbox car and the Legos and the action figure. Uh, you pick. Uh, there's a price range if you can't give much or if you can give much. Uh, typically, it's like $20, $30, and, and $60 or $70, depending on what you want to do. Uh, but there are going to be kids who will not get a present for Christmas unless Clark is successful, and he will be going through surgery tomorrow, and I want him to be as successful as possible. And so I want to devote my time on my show to promote such a worthy, worthy cause. And, you know, it's, it's rather emotional, too, because when you think about this time of year, uh, kids in foster care, the vast amount of kids who are in foster care, 16,000 plus. It's actually, yesterday when I looked, it was about 18,000, so it's now down to 16,000. Uh, but there are 16,000 kids who will not get presents for Christmas unless people step up and help them. So again, if you don't mind, if you would be willing to do it, if you will text uh, donate, just the word donate, text it to 33777. I don't care where you are in the nation. I realize some of you, you're like, why am I helping kids? You're just helping kids in foster care. 
whose families are going through hard times, who can't afford presents for them. You're helping the foster family, relieving their financial burden as they're taking care of the kid. It's just such a great thing. You can go to clarkschristmaskids.com, or if you text donate to 33777, I'll send you back the link. Uh, and, And that leads me to the other thing that I wanted to tell you. It is the Christmas season. We've gone through the Thanksgiving season. Do you know that this is the time of year where more people say they're experiencing depression than any other time of the year? And a lot of it is you have memories. C.S. Lewis in the Screwtape Letters wrote about how keep people grounded in the past because they're never happy with with the present. If you I, and you know as as people get older, I, I when I talk to senior citizens and this sort of stuff comes up, I remind them of the it's the fifteenth Screwtape Letter that when you get older, you tend to hold on to the past and your memories of the past shape your impression of the present. And you get deeply uh, embittered by what's happening now because you hang on to your memories of the past, or you hold on to the future and you're so convinced the future is going to be better. And when you get to the future and it's not, you become despondent. And that right now uh, is a situation that so many people deal with when it comes to the holiday season. I, I just think about it. Probably every single one of you, with few exceptions, there are going to be some exceptions, but most of you have a memory from when you were a child that is like the ideal Christmas. And you are perpetually in pursuit of the recreation of that memory for yourself or your children, or perpetually in pursuit of the recreation and duplication of the feeling you felt, and it's never quite right. And the tendency then is to fall into despair and depression. This happens to a lot of people this holiday season. It is why the suicide rate is so high at this time of year. People are in perpetual pursuit of the memory or the feeling or the, the impression or the design or the styling. They want the tree just so. They want the number of presents under the tree to look just right and to be just so. And they can't get it. And part of that is the isolation that people deal with these days that they used to not deal with. And that in and of itself is is part of the problem is we're more isolated these days than we've ever been. And the result of that isolation is the perpetual pursuit of things gone by that we can't reach back to. But there's something you can do. You can reach out to others if you are suffering depression, despair, and you can be open about it. You should be open about it. And I know it's very hard to be open about it if you're struggling. I Look, I know. I mean, I, I, I keep very little from you people. Uh, I, if anything, I, I get accused by family and friends of sometimes oversharing with you all. But even I struggle sometimes when when I'm, like, depressed. Uh, And I'm not right now. This is not me being depressed. Just just full disclosure, I'm, I'm perfectly fine right now. But I know some of you are, and so this is why I talk about this stuff. But more so, there are probably people, probably family members, even more so than friends, who are struggling this time of year. Because on top of that, you got seasonal affective disorder. I got a family member who who seasonal affective disorder affects her tremendously 
that when it's darker, she doesn't get sunshine. It, it, it impacts her mood. She gets prone to, to depression. Um, and you just please be mindful of that. The holiday season should be a time of great joy, and for most Americans, it is a time of overwhelming stress because you're worried about money at the end of the year. Upside is December, you get three pay periods if you're, if you're paid every other week. For if you're a small business owner, you're stressed about making payroll three times in one month. That's mine right now. It's suddenly done. Me. Oh, I got three pay periods this month. <laughs> I'm going to make it just fine. Assume all my advertisers will pay their bills. Um, you, but you get stressed. You get stressed. You get depressed. Be a little more charitable to people this holiday season. A lot of people are on edge, short tempers. But so much of it is the perpetual pursuit of the memory, the feeling, the impression. I, I will tell you, I'm always, I, I, I stand in line, you get the Southern Living Christmas special and the tree is just perfect and my gosh, the cake is beautiful. Now, I've never had that. Uh, but I'm I'm prone to the the hand-me-down stuff. You know my tree. I, I like you know I see the people who have the beautiful Christmas trees this time of year. They're gorgeous. They're professionally decorated, and you know what I think when I see those professionally decorated trees, they're beautiful. But there's not a memory on that tree. Every ornament on my Christmas tree is a memory, with few exceptions. There's the, the um, you know, Beaker from the, the Muppets. My kids, my wife got me, the, it's the Hallmark one. And he, he does the Ode to Joy as Beaker does. Me, 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 me. That's my ornament. The kids make me put it on the tree because it's mine. That was my favorite Muppet character. That and, of course, the Swedish chef. But my kids, their art projects, their little Christmas ornament projects when they're kids, those go on the tree. Every ornament is a memory. And it's special to me and my family. We normally have a star or an angel, but I got a really big tree that goes all the way to the ceiling, and there's no room for an angel on top, let alone a star. But it's fantastic. That tree is huge. And I'm allergic to cedar and pine, so I can't get a real tree, so we have to have a fake tree. But it's fine. The lights are perfect. Threw my back out putting it up, but that's another subject. But just think about that. Think about the perfect memories that people try to have and replicate and stuff and the depression and the despair. And that you can be a part of relieving the depression of the just by being a kind person to others right now who are struggling, who they've lost loved ones. Christmas isn't going to be the same this year. They've gone through a divorce or the death of a spouse or, God forbid, a child or, or they're struggling with, with illness or they're away from home for the first time. They're, you, can, you can improve someone's life just by being a friend this holiday season. And if you can... There are 16,000 children in foster care in Georgia who are going to be without a Christmas present unless you are willing to step up and just contribute. And you can do that by texting DONATE to 33777. I will send you back the link to ClarksChristmasKids.com, and you can participate. I'm about to buy presents for Christopher, who wants action figures, matchbox cars, and Legos. Uh, And you can find a kid anywhere from newborn to 18. And if I can make a suggestion, if you go through with this, find the 17 and 18-year-olds. They're usually the ones that people don't buy for. Everybody wants to buy for the baby. The baby's not going to remember this. The 17 and 18-year-old will, and they already understand that life is really deeply cruel to them right now because they're a 17 or 18-year-old in foster care. So if you can have a measurable impact on improving their lives by buying them a Christmas present from a stranger, 
That'll put a smile on their face. So please text DONATE to 33777 and help Clark Howard as he undergoes surgery tomorrow. Keep him on your prayer list at clarkschristmaskids.com is the website. If you text DONATE to 33777, I'll send you that link back. Hello there. Welcome. Uh, boy, thank you. A lot of you did step up uh, just during that last segment and, and donated to Clark's Christmas Kids. I, I really, really appreciate it myself. There's some breaking news. Uh, Tommy Tuberville has thrown in the towel on his blockade of nominations. Uh, the Senate Republicans have been pressuring him to uh, abandon it, and it appears that he is going to do so, which is rather Big news um, in and of itself that he's decided uh, no longer worth this blockade of uh, nominees. He is still going to, um, for those deemed super woke, which there are some, he is going to continue to blockade those uh, and, and try to force them individually to votes. But for a good chunk of them, he's decided he's going to uh, give it up, uh, and Senate Republicans are are happy with it. This hasn't resulted in any change from Joe Biden, but he just at this point, under pressure from Republicans, decided to move on. But good for him for fighting the fight as long as he did. Um, I think it was absolutely worth it. Now, uh, we haven't heard from this guy in a while, and I just want to play you some of Ibram Kendi's psychobabble. He's reared his head again. Listen to this. I, I don't think uh, white uh, people worldwide have really reckoned with how much their own personal identity is shaped by constructions of whiteness and, and how much um, that construction of whiteness uh, prevents uh, white people from uh, connecting to humanity. In other words, uh, recognizing that uh, when you when you recognize that you are part and parcel of humanity. In other words, you're not over humanity, right? Uh, it it allows you to really be able to connect to people who don't look like you who have kinky hair, who have dark skin, uh, and to see yourself in them. And it's whiteness that prevents that, right? And, and when you're not able to see yourself uh, in other human beings, that creates all sorts of problems. You know, that audio goes on, but we're all going to be dumber if we keep listening to him. Have you noticed uh, the faux intellectuals of the day? And he's, a, he's not a serious intellectual. He's not a deep thinker. He's just a racist. They engage in word salads. It's like Kamala Harris. Charlie was just pointing this out while, while we were playing it, that it's the Kamala Harris school of word salad. The the faux intellectuals, it's like so many academics. They use really big words that make no sense together in order to confuse everyone else into what they mean so that you, you can't really tell what they mean. And they they try to confuse as opposed to explain. It is dumb people who make complex things more complex as opposed to more uh, easily understandable by people. And he's one of those dumb people who is subsidized by guilty white liberals into making everyone else dumb by throwing word salads at us. And I had forgotten the guy was out there until he reared his head again.